Hey guys, thanks so much for checking out the podcast. You guys have done a phenomenal job of supporting through season one and into season two, and I can't thank you enough. These first set of episodes are a little rough around the edges because I was still figuring out what the podcast was going to become. So if you haven't taken a listen to any of season two yet, I urge you to do that. But other than that, just strap in and enjoy the ride. We have had so much fun making this for you guys. Thank you so much. Hi, and welcome to the Nashville for Nobody's podcast. I am your host, Bobby Gordon, also known as Story of Bob. Today's episode is the second half, talking with my good buddy, Josh Bean, about his experiences in Nashville. So I'm just going to jump right into that, and we will get it going. Because, like, one of my teachers used to tell me this, whereas, like, the, uh, the bachelor's degree of your college is not going to get you the gig. Right. Like, it's not It's not about that, obviously. And we, we've already... I don't mean to reiterate, but it's like, that's great. You went to Berkeley. You did this. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I didn't ask for your resume. I didn't right. ask for you to say that. Like, I just want to know if you can do this this time. Like, it, you know, it's... Again all about literally your work your work speaks for itself like you can't you can't pump up your work yeah like i mean like first time i played with you yeah like just meeting you never having heard you play anything i assumed you could play like you're on broadway yeah you're in nashville you've got a gig you can play yeah like i find out you're from berkeley well that's cool like i'm sure you know a lot of fun words yeah (laughs) For like, sure. Like, it's like, it doesn't You matter. can still play. Yeah. Like, that. that's the point. Is yeah. like, I thought you could play because you were here. I still think you can play after finding out where you went to school. Like, yeah. it didn't change anything. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of like why I don't like to say where I've been because then I feel like if you say like, oh, I went to Berkeley and this is like what I did. It's like people think that like i'm snobby and i think yeah. that they think that i think that i'm better than them but that's not the case at all honestly when i first played with you i was a little intimidated because i was like oh this guy's really good i hope he likes me like it doesn't matter it's right. really it's it's how you perform at the time it's the way you no. act in front of other people and, 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 and it's funny that you say that because like like had i known you were from yeah. berkeley i would have felt the same way i'd have been like oh well he's probably gonna be yeah. like super judgy and like no nitpick every little thing and like even if he's super nice like he's gonna be thinking this whole time like this guy kind of sucks and then you're thinking you know this guy's good like i'm a little intimidated yeah especially because i didn't play like all that music really i was still new so but like the funny thing is is like you went to again one of the best music schools in the world and i learned to play drums in my bedroom in possum trot kentucky that's great so (laughs) like it it literally doesn't matter yeah like you can either play or you can't and that's that's the point that matters yeah and like it doesn't matter what you've done or who you've played with or anything is no, for sure if you get to the gig yeah and you can't do the gig yep none of that other stuff is going to save your job yeah for sure <laughs> like you're getting fired yeah like my mentality moving here was like it doesn't matter what i did before like i have to go in here and like mm-hmm. you know just prove myself like like you know be reliable yeah. go play do your thing um you know if they like you they like you if they don't then you know that's you know up to them um and you know just like i don't know like um 
just like just prove to people that you can do what they ask mm-hmm. and you can be reliable and and you can be a good person and like and don't worry about making it all make sense <laughs> cuz it's never all going to make sense no. like i've i've played with some legitimately amazing performers yeah and they loved me yeah and i've played with people that could barely perform mm-hmm. and they fired me because i wasn't good enough like it's never going to make it's yeah. it's all I mean, obviously there's, you know, there's a legitimate scale of proficiency. Sure. But so much of it's just opinion, Mm -hmm. and so much of it is influenced by so many things that are not related to you at all. Absolutely. So, like, that's another thing that I wish I would have learned super early on is that, like, Somebody can look you in your face and tell you, you're terrible, get off my stage. And it literally has nothing to do with you. You just didn't fit that gig. Yeah. And it could be musically, it could be personality, it could be what you look like. I got fired, um, I put this up on my TikTok recently, I got fired because I didn't drink. Yeah, I I saw that. I don't drink. That's that's so stupid. It it is, but I mean, apparently that was important to him. Like that's, and I mean, I think that's an extreme case, Yeah. but like, um, I recently read, I don't remember where I read it and I don't remember the artist, but somebody got fired from, it was a major artist, really like, like Florida Georgia line level artist, but somebody got fired and it may have been Florida Georgia line. I don't actually remember, but they got fired because they didn't play basketball well. And on their off time, what? they all played basketball. And so, like, that goes back to the, like, your personality and who you are. Yeah. Way more important than your skill level. No, for sure. Because if you go on the road with somebody and you and them don't have fun, yeah, they want somebody else. Right. Like, I can understand if you, like, play for someone and they want you to wear a specific thing and you don't wear that specific thing or like you dress inappropriately mm-hmm. yeah you should be fired because they're asking you to do a certain thing and like that's like again that's kind of like even just doing like a uh what's it called um like asking having them ask you to play a certain way right it's like they ask you to dress a certain way that's what the band is doing and this is how we're all going to coordinate and it's like yeah okay i'm for it even if Mm -hmm. you might think it's the most ridiculous thing in the world i literally had to wear um an army suit pretty much it was like a camouflage um t-shirt with like cargo pants and like it had like i had like either i had like two sets of hats i had like um uh I don't remember what kind of hat it was. It was like sideways. It was like an army hat. And then there was like a regular baseball cap that was, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, camouflage. And I had to do that cause, uh, at my music school before, uh, Berkeley, we did a tour to Nashville and back. So New York okay. down and back. And, um, I had to wear that and I wasn't going to say no. Um, right. Did I think that I loved wearing it all the time? No. But like at the same time, you're going to do what they ask you to do. And right. like, whether you think it's ridiculous or not is not up to you. Right. And honestly, like looking back at it, it was like, honestly, like really cool to see, um, you know, cause we all like had something like 
a theme from each person in the band kind yeah. of thing and and all made sense um and it also i was like a little different than everyone else because you know i play bass so it was like i wasn't quite you know you know it's it's kind of like i kind of feel like it's like looking back on it because i was wearing camouflage it was a joke because no one knows who the bass player is <laughs> <Right>. but <laughs> but uh uh yeah but like you know you just got to do what the gig asks for like i think when you say like oh that person played basketball well they got fired for that that's that's really extreme the fact that you got fired because right you don't drink like that's that's even stupider like i guess i can stupider is not even a word but like it's more stupid it's um we in the south everything's a word (laughs) uh, why i play bass and not do english like my sister does but um but yeah like it's just everyone's different i guess and there's not much you can do about it and honestly if they're gonna fire you because you don't drink that's their loss well my thing is and like i had to grow into this idea obviously but like if you're gonna fire me over something ridiculous mm-hmm. i didn't want that gig mm-hmm. because we were not gonna get along it's like being in a bad relationship it, like it's a hundred percent like being yeah. in a bad relationship it's if, if you don't want me here i don't need to be here yeah don't waste my time um speaking of bass players and the camouflage thing and being invisible or whatever yeah. i was literally talking to a friend of mine earlier about a bass player and she was like oh nobody cares about the bass player and i was like <laughs> see you say that but that's just because you don't understand their job yeah. and how important it is yeah. because i will take a crap lead guitarist all day long if me and the bass guy can get along for sure <laughs> like like uh having a good basis or a basis yeah. that's just like that you can get like they don't have to be they just have to be with you yeah and that like that makes me comfortable that makes the song comfortable like at that point it doesn't matter what happens everything's gonna at least sound good no absolutely and you know like it's really funny you mentioned that because i can't tell you how like so many of my friends you who either aren't musicians or are musicians will send me the same exact article and it's this i don't necessarily agree with it but it's an article that says that the bass player is scientifically proven to be the most important uh person in a band and i mean, I, don't, I don't i agree. would argue drummer but <laughs> i'm biased so. no i i don't agree with it but it was like one of those things where it's like this it was like the same article and all these people would send it to me i'm like yeah i've seen it i've seen it and it's like people really don't understand what the bass player does don't. and and it, how important it actually is it, um that's why i don't love when you know some guitarists even though one of my favorite bass players of all time was a guitarist first and played bass, Paul McCartney. Um, yeah. But why sometimes like some guitarist who played bass on gigs is just like not like cringy, but like well, no, it 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 is like cringy. They don't, nec- it's, they don't necessarily understand the job, and it, that's it's different. that's the thing. Like, like yeah. you're not just playing a part. On paper, it's similar mm-hmm. enough to where you can just jump over. Yeah. But conceptually, it's a totally different idea. Absolutely. Like you're doing a completely different thing. And so if you play bass like you play guitar, mm. your drummer is frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> like that's why like I feel like Paul McCartney's a little different is because he doesn't he didn't necessarily play the bass like a guitar player, but he also didn't necessarily play the bass like a bass player either. Mm-hmm. He, everything he played was like melodic and it fit perfectly, and that's all you can ask for. And and I mean that's the thing like I have no problems with a guitarist that can play bass. Yeah. If he plays bass. Yeah. 
and like if they take the time and like they understand their role like even if they're not the best bass player in the yeah. world if they're doing their job i'm fine yeah like for sure. if they're playing a bass part i'm good yeah it's the ones that are like oh well i'm a lead guitarist yeah. i can pick up a bass sure and play the part yeah like you're missing the whole point yeah and that kind of goes back to like what we were saying about like being in a situation at the right time because like i see people like that i'm like i could have played this gig because mm-hmm. like that's literally my job and someone else is playing who doesn't necessarily always do my job is pl- like right. taking my job but at the same time they probably didn't the band that they're playing for didn't know who i was so they couldn't call me right they called every bass player that they could and they're like all right um hey can you just come play a bass gig and like some people will just do it so it's, oh absolutely so you know. and and i mean and in our industry like it's kind of it's kind of the thing to say yes and then figure out how to do it later yeah like take the job and then worry about if you can do the job yep and i don't necessarily agree with that mindset but i also yeah do that so sure. well, I, I mean, mean it's different it's different because people. you can't say no like if you say sure. no you don't get asked again. Yeah. Well, I I know definitely like some like I know we were talking about being on the road. Um like I've gotten a couple offers about going on the road um from other bass players that, you know, recommend me and unfortunately I had to say no because I'm still new here. I'm trying to get my foot in the door and I yeah. guess my mentality is like I just want to be able to play around here first and then once I get established, I can go do stuff like that. But like at the same time, I'm missing those opportunities that could be really good opportunities so i did a lot of road stuff last year Mm -hmm. after having you know been pretty much strictly broadway for three years i think gotcha and it honestly doesn't matter when you go out on the road Mm -hmm. everybody forgets you damn so when i got back and i was like all right hey guys i'm back basically everybody i played with was like cool awesome um, I got this guy, but if he can't make it, I'll call you. Yeah. And it's like, oh. Yeah. So I went, like, I finished up my road stuff at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. And I think I played five gigs in January total. Wow. And so I literally started, like, at the beginning again. And... Like, I'm back up to where I'm playing three, four, five gigs a week now. Yeah. But it's with a completely different group of people than I was playing with before. I don't play with any of the same people that I was playing with before I started doing the road stuff. Wow. So it is definitely a risk and reward situation. Absolutely. But at that point, you got to kind of, or at least from my perspective, analyze, like, what your end goal is. Yeah. And what gets you there. Yeah. And so, like, I want to do road stuff. I want to be on an artist gig. Like, I want to support an artist that has original music and yeah. go that route. And Broadway pays the bills. Yeah. So if I get an offer to go on the road and it's a decent offer, I'm going to go. Yep. Um, vice versa, if it's not a great offer and I don't have a gig, I shouldn't take it. Because right. chances are I'll get a call for something right. and have to say no. What I did learn, though, is that if you say, no, I'm booked and not I'm out of town, yeah, then it doesn't hit the same. Gotcha. If you say you're on the road, 
people tend to think of you, oh, he's a road guy. Yep. And don't call you the next time because they assume right. you're on the road. Right. But if you're just booked for a gig, oh, well, everybody gets booked for a gig. Yeah. So you're still in town. Yeah. I can call you next time. Yeah. And that's so. actually, that's great. I never thought of that. <laughs> I got to take that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a huge piece of it. Like, it, it, it's almost like the, if you call into work sick, yeah. like they can't technically ask you what's wrong. Yeah. So if you call in and you're like, hey, uh, I'm a little congested. I don't feel well. They can be like, oh, well, you should come in and tough it out because yeah. it's your job. Yeah. But if you call and say, I'm sick, I can't come in. Yeah. They don't have anything. No, for sure. So, so don't, don't sabotage yourself. Don't yeah. give too much information. That's fair. I never really thought about that because, you know, I'm, I'm a fairly honest person, you know, like mm -hmm. I really have nothing to hide. Right. So it's like, you know, like going out or like whatever, like, and someone asks me to, you know, play with them and I can't do it because I already have another gig. I'll usually just say I'll have another gig or if, you know, you know, I'm exhausted that night or like, I don't feel well, I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be like, Hey, I just don't feel well. I can't do it. Yeah. But like sometimes that can also be like, you know, giving too much information that, mm -hmm. Oh, this person might not be reliable or is too busy. Cause sometimes people think people are too busy and oh, then yeah. they don't want to call them because they don't want to bother them or like, you know, think they're going to say no anyways. They assume yeah. rather than ask. And I did that with a drummer. Um, I'm not going to say any names, but I would call them. And I I tried to get them to sub for me two or three times. Yeah. And every time it was, um, no, I don't want that gig because I played the gig the night before or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And so I just got to, okay, well, they don't want the gig. Yeah. So... I quit calling them. Right. And it wasn't even like a conscious choice. It was just a, when I would scroll through my list, I would just overlook them because I knew that they didn't want the gig. Right. But I didn't know they didn't want the gig. I just assumed they didn't want the gig. Because? Just, because they told me they didn't want the gig that one time. Yeah. And, sure. Well, and a few times. Yeah. But, but yeah, so consistent. like people will take whatever information you give them and extrapolate that to cover whatever information they wanted. Mm -hmm. So if you just say you're booked, like you yeah. could be booked literally in the next room over. Yeah. And that's cool. They're cool with that. Like yeah. they get that because they work the same way. Yep. But if you're booked out on the road, well then you travel mm -hmm. and then you're not available in town. Right. And that's the mindset. So yeah. Um, I think that's also one of the like rules of power or whatever is to, only give the the information that's absolutely necessary right for sure so but yeah no i learned that the hard way and i'm definitely still recovering and yeah trying to figure out the gig thing that's why i want to talk to you about a new project i've got yeah. ideas that sounds great i'm i'm here for it um all right so we should probably start wrapping this up sounds good um i'm gonna throw a few fun rapid fire questions at you and right, just kind of get your perspective um is is there anything about nashville in particular that you weren't expecting coming from a much bigger city um well not that i i mean it's hard because like i didn't actually live in new york city new mm -hmm. york city but i was like i guess i was close enough i was like 40 minutes away but i also didn't go to the city that much i, I mean i feel like 
obviously this is more of a party town like okay. definitely like coming in and like playing on broadway and seeing like the bus tours with oh, yeah. people drinking on it yeah. was definitely a surprise um i mean gigging didn't seem anything totally different other than having live music everywhere like that is one of the most incredible things that i've noticed was that like here in nashville there's live music everywhere mm -hmm. and like i feel like you know in new york you know there could be some live music um just like regular restaurants that um that just have like music playing over the speakers really like but, but like you like, still have to go find yeah. live music but like yeah like yeah and then like, here live here music like you finds go anywhere you. and it's like right there <laughs> And, and you're like, oh, there's a drum set here. There could have been live music here. Like right. everyone. I mean, is, we like, have a Taco Bell that has bands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my friend, my friend plays there on Broadway, so it's like you know that was that was pretty. Like I know it's Music City, but like you know, seeing it, really it compared is. to hearing about it is like so different. Especially having like multiple floors of all live music, and mm -hmm. like you obviously like walking down Broadway, you hear like different times and stuff, and you're just like, okay, this is too much. But at the same oh, yeah. time, like when you're in the room, you just hear that band. So it's right. like, yeah, I guess that's most shocking, and especially people getting super super drunk all the time. Oh man, it's. Like it's like there have been some weird experiences I've had on Broadway. Yeah, no, like that was I've been in town for five ish years. I think it's almost five years. Mm -hmm. And Broadway has yet to stop surprising me. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. I was playing a morning gig and like Broadway was deserted basically because yeah. it's like 1030 in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I turn around and there's a dude walking two baby goats right by the window that's like, we're in the middle of nashville tennessee you know, in this like on broadway in a big city or a big ish city it, it pretends to be a big city yeah there's a dude walking two goats <laughs> two feet from me <laughs> is it bad that i like don't find that surprising like literally i was walking with thomas and micah one day like going to the garage that we park at uh -huh. and like there's this guy walking a dog and at first, like, I looked over. I didn't realize it was a dog at first because of the coloration. And I was like, wait, is that a goat? And they're like, why would a goat be walking on Broadway? And, and <laughs> well, then now I look you know. again, it's like, it's a dog. But, yeah. Like, now you know there's absolutely goats yeah. that walk on Broadway. I was like, um, I wouldn't have been surprised if that was it. I think it was, yeah, it was New Year's. Um, we were playing on the rooftop at the stage. Mm -hmm. And this dude walks in. And he has a squirrel in a suit with a hat sitting on a little bench taking pictures with people that's so cool like a real freaking squirrel yeah like what <laughs> so yeah no yeah. there is no or uh, no end of the surprises on broadway um yeah are you on like any of the broadway uncensored instagram pages or anything i have no idea what that is <sighs> I will educate you, sir. Oh, that sounds I great. don't know who does it and who gets the stuff, but, like, all of the crazy drunk stuff yeah. that, like, you really wish you saw or wish you hadn't seen yeah. ends up on Broadway <laughs> Uncensored, oh, and it's amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> I may have to follow so that. so bad. That's so funny. There's all right. So um, next one. Uh, favorite restaurant. Favorite restaurant. Ah, uh, this is tough. Okay, so the first time I ever came down to Nashville – my friend Sam took me and my roommate and my parents to to this place called uh, Pharmacy, which oh, yeah. is uh, in East Nashville. It's a burger joint, but uh -huh. it's called Pharmacy, so people kind of get it confused sometimes. Um, it's like, why would you be going to the pharmacy? I haven't for dinner? been, but I've heard so many amazing Dude, reviews. The the burgers there 
are great. I personally love their sweet potato fries. Like I, nice. I definitely order from there quite a bit, like on uh, Uber Eats and stuff. Nice. Which actually now talking about it, I might have to do that when I get home. But <laughs> right. uh, it's that's one of my favorite places. I'm from New York, so pizza is huge for me. Okay. Five Points Pizza is like one of my favorites. Recently, I feel like it hasn't made me feel great. I don't know if it's just – I think it's just something that's me and that rather than it being the actual pizza because right. my friends go and they're totally fine. I think it's just me. See, um, I, I have a grease thing. Grease really yeah. upsets my stomach. So if I get really good pizza, yeah. it's always really greasy well, and yeah. I feel bad. I mean, Five Points Pizza is definitely the closest thing that I've seen so far that is like remotely close to New York pizza. Yeah. So, it, you know – I like that place a lot. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like there's like another place that I like that I, um, I'm just going to stick with those two for now. Okay. Just because I don't want to take too much time. Oh no, you're good. Uh, next question. Um, it's Friday night. You don't have a gig. Mm -hmm. Friend calls you up and says, Hey, I'm bored. Let's go do something. Where are you going? Uh, Probably Henry James. It's this little bar in East Nashville um, that we go to uh, quite a bit, and it's it's more of a cocktail bar. But I always go there and get Guinness. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. But we play darts and some pool, um, or also like the the Sutler, which has like the billiards and stuff downstairs, yeah. which is great with like ping pong. I guess those like are the two places that. Which I again, I have a gift card. I know. So we we're gonna go. have a we're gonna have a friend date. Yeah, that sounds great. And if you want, if you don't want to haul your ass all the way back here you can stay at my place we have air mattresses and stuff oh absolutely that sounds amazing yeah so so we'll have to we'll have to figure that out all right um most overrated place that you found so far and you can't just say broadway (laughs) no i wasn't gonna say broadway honestly i don't i don't really know i i i don't really hear a lot about like super cool places like that aren't like good that's fair i feel like um if i had to say this is a really hard question i was not ready for this because i also i'm so new here that i haven't experienced like a lot too and i mean i've been playing most of the time i feel like honestly you know i can't say broadway but can i say a place on broadway yep uh i'd say you know uh probably Actually, no, it's hard because, like, they're all – maybe, like, Tootsie's. I, like, cause that, that's mine, Tootsie's. Tootsie's. Tootsie's is, like, you go and you play, and it's just, like, smaller than it should be because, uh-huh. like, a lot of people go there. I've never played the main stage, but I played the backstage a few times. So I played the main stage the first time really? last week. How was it? Miserable. Really? That by far the worst stage on Broadway. I feel like it's super small. It's super small. The whole room's already packed when you get there. So, like, trying to get your gear on stage yeah, and get on stage and out of the way so the next yeah. guy can get his stuff on stage really is difficult. bad. And then they've got the drummer tucked back into, like, this little, almost like a, I mean, it's a box. Yeah. So, like, if you're not running ears, it's almost impossible to hear everything. Yeah. But then they don't mic the lead guitar. So if you're running ears, you don't get lead. Yeah. And so, like, it was just, it was miserable sound all night. Luckily, the band I was with are great. And yeah. I was mostly familiar with their material. Like, I've played with them yeah. several times. And the guitarist, 
uh, I hadn't played with the bassist very much. Yeah. Um, I had played with him one other time, but he was really good at communicating on stage yeah. and the guitarist was good at communicating on stage. Yeah. So if I did get out or got lost, like they pulled me back in real quick. Yeah. And so it ended up not being a bad gig, but right. the sound situation's terrible there. And they warned me about it up front. Yeah. So that was good. But th- just like the people and like, I'm trying to push my cart in and get my drums off of it. And like people yeah. are running into me and getting mad at me. And for sure. I mean, I like, it's rough. I know I said that it, it wasn't like all that great because it really isn't but definitely this the experience i've had at tootsies are fun like my mom's cousin came into town with some of her friends Mm -hmm. and she got to see me play there and we just had like a ball like and that's also depending on who you play with too like playing with you know the person we play with and uh it's just like well and and like my thing is like tootsies is the famous one yeah like that's the one everybody's heard of but it's no different than half the other stages on broadway no it's it's i mean it's literally the same bands as half the other stages on Broadway. Yeah. And then all of Broadway kind of works the same. So like, yeah, there's nothing really different about it. It's just, it's got the name and yeah. it's a funky purple building. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. I mean, like in all honesty, like it's, it's not the best stages. It's not the best sound. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you get lucky and get one of the, like the, fun bands like it's probably not the best band playing so you know what was really fun though what's that have you ever been to jason aldean's yes i went with my cousin um and his friends and we went and actually there are two pretty good bands playing that Uh night wherever we went on broadway i we went to that we went there and that was like super fun um so jason aldean's luke bryan's tequila cowboy um casa rosa those are all in a circuit yeah and that's my favorite circuit to play. Yeah, it's not, the, it looks really fun to play. It's 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 the sound systems are nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hit and miss on like how the sound actually is. Right. Um, and I think that's due to the fact that they don't have monitors at right. all. It, they they make you do ears. Yeah. Um, no amps on stage. Gotcha. Or if they are like that's not producing your sound it's all coming through the pa so they have absolute control that's awesome which if you have a good sound guy and a good band means you have great sound out yeah and if you don't it's not muddy and it's perfect and then if there are some issues with that but they've got higher base pay than i've seen any other place on broadway um i know the last handful of times i've played uh casa rosa which is miranda's place Mm -hmm. Base pay was two hundred dollars a man. Woo. That's like, that's a lot more than some other places. <laughs> yeah. Um, downside is you, you're not allowed to push the tip jar as much. You can mention it a couple of times, oh, gotcha. but you can't run it. Gotcha. But again, if base pay is two hundred bucks, like if I know I'm making two hundred bucks, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. With not pushing the tip no, jar. No, for sure. That's like that's more than I make just with tips at like other places right like like, uh like uh kid rocks for example Mm -hmm. which i think kid rocks has like a underrated sound system like i think that like is like out of the tootsie circuit that place sounds the best i agree wholeheartedly and it's also the one that was most like freshly remodeled and all that jazz but that amp at honky donk central on the second floor is like my bass amp that bass amp is yeah absolute garbage i don't Um, know if like it's because they haven't like 
replaced it or something or in, and someone blew it out it definitely wasn't me right but it's like no matter what i did it just sounded like absolute crap yeah. and i just couldn't do anything about I it i think my only problem with the kid rock systems and i haven't played main floor but i've played every other floor yeah and depending on the sound guy the low end can get out of hand real quick yep like there is yeah, a feedback. very thin line between this is perfect and this is awful. I feel like that's also that has to do with the sound person too. It's not, oh, definitely. It's not like... But I, I, I think it's I think it's difficult because of well, one, the system is a bigger system than I think they actually need, so yeah. it's pushing a lot more power than no, they require, and because of the way they tuck the uh, subs under the stage, mm-hmm. like you're making a huge bass trap right yeah. there. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So I think that's where it comes from. But no, like if you've got a good EQ and a good sound guy and you set the bass right, then it sounds so good. Yeah. It's just there's very little room for error. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. All right. Uh, so so you like the the kind of the little bar thing where you can just go shoot pool, play darts. Yep. Now, are you uh, I play darts because it's fun, or are you like legit playing darts? I'm competitive. Are you always, always? I always talk trash to my friends <laughs> before we go play because it's just fun. So um, I'm not great at darts, but we started playing in North Dakota. Yeah, and there's not a whole lot to do up there. Yeah, and so I started playing darts, and like I'm not good at it, but like I felt like I was getting good at it yeah. pretty quick. And now that I'm not up there anymore, I don't think I've played darts. The last time I was up there was in November, and I don't even think I played darts when I was up there. So, like, it's been gotcha. probably six months, eight months since I played darts, yeah, yeah. and I'm itching to play. Oh, yeah. So we can do that'll, that. that'll happen on our mandate. Yeah, absolutely. Literally yesterday I played with a couple friends, and uh, it was so funny. We all, like, we just couldn't – we all couldn't hit bullseye the second time we hit it once and it was like the green circle so that's like two yeah and um but it took so long that everyone had caught up to me <laughs> and like we all just couldn't hit bull finally like after i want to say 30 minutes of trying for bull i finally hit the red uh-huh. and i was like all right that's it we're done we're going home like that was no it. more because like I, it wasn't that like like i feel like i'm pretty good um i'm definitely more competitive than i am good um, cause, you know, me, me and <laughs> yep. my friends are just kind of like that, especially one of my best friends, because we're both football fans and we just go back at it, each other, like, cause we root for different teams. So nice. I always like, you know, give him a hard time or he'll try to give me a hard time. And I'll say something back. And like, it's like all, a, it's all love and fun. It's right. not, nothing like no one gets like, Offended. we all laugh after saying something like that. No one gets like upset or anything. Right. So it's just like something we do. So. Yeah. yeah, it sounds fun. So if I ever like talk trash to you, it's nothing but love. Oh no, no, uh, <laughs> I'll reciprocate. <laughs> sounds good. Uh, all right, um, hobbies that are not music related. Um, you, well, actually, being down here, I got more into golf because oh, okay. my my roommate golfs and he's really good, and he's actually been helping me get better because he's he's again he's really good. He recently just got his own like fitted clubs. Um, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, literally, it's, like, supposed to, like, help you, like, with your arm length and other things. Like, they measure you and stuff, and, like, they see what you feel, like, what feels good when you swing, like, what kind of angle you want, like, in in the irons or whatever. No way that's not expensive. 
Oh, it's definitely <laughs> expensive. I literally have like I got for my birthday back in 2020 um, a small set mm-hmm. that's like basically a starting kit because I didn't play. I wasn't any good, and really my goal is to, like to get good enough where I can play with my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I've been I've been playing golf around here. not recently because the season was right. over and the golf courses weren't open. But we we went and played some golf. You know, took some. Uh, you know, alcohol and, and, you know, had some fun, but also like, you know, going to top golf. honestly, like, I feel like my hobbies consist of like sports related things and, uh, you know, like, you know, like throwing the football around or like, uh, me and my friends go out and play pickleball every once in a while. What's that? Pickleball is like, kind of like tennis, but it's smaller court. Okay. And it's, um, you got like wooden or plastic paddles rather than like the, you know, the, the nylon or yeah, whatever, whatever it, is. it is. Um, and you can play twos or singles just like in tennis and okay. you hit it over the net and there's certain rules. It's like, I think I played it in high school, like for like gym class, but okay. that's pretty much it. But it's, it's fun. It's, it's like, a, it's like a plastic ball, like a wiffle ball almost. Oh, okay. And so it's like easily hit and that's fun. So like golf, that, um, football, watching football, <laughs> really, that's like, that's, those are my hobbies. I don't really music's like my life so that's pretty much what i do and right like hanging out with friends obviously that's another hobby i guess technically but like i feel like i do that no matter what i do so yeah it's not really much of a hobby it's more like just spending time with family so um the friends that you hang out with most are they musical most okay. most are uh, i mean like i feel like everyone has some kind of music in them even if you're not quote unquote a musician like doing it right. professionally like you know people can still sing or, or like have good time so like I feel like a lot of most of my friends, you know, are from my school or people who I met while I've been here, at least for, you know, the people who I hang out around here. Um, But, you know, it's also nice to have like some friends that, you know, do different things. Um, So it's not like always talking about music all the time. See, that's that's kind of where I'm at, like right now. Um, When I moved to town, like I pretty much went from my gig in my hometown to my gig in Nashville. Yeah. And so like all of my friends are just people I met when I was playing. Yeah. So like me and you. Yeah. And so one we're always busy playing mm-hmm. and our schedules are never the same. So yep. it's hard to hang out with other musicians. Absolutely. And then two like when you do you both feel the same and it's like well i've been at a bar all week like i kind of just want to go home yeah like go home and chill maybe and have so a drink or two since you both feel like that do you don't have like that person that's like oh dude like i had to work you know my eight to five or whatever yeah. let's go hang out yeah for sure because no nobody's pushing you to do that and nobody's kind of like oh come hang out with me yeah then it's like nobody ever feels like hanging out yeah and so i i've at least for me, like, it's been very hard to, like, find friends to hang out with. So, like, 90% of the time, if I'm not at work, I'm playing PlayStation. Yeah. Like, well, that's that's all I got. That's another, <laughs> actually, I forgot about that. Another hobby of mine is playing video games. Like, you know, playing Rocket League with my roommate and our other friend. And, you know, playing some games online with my brother-in-law. Like, we play, like, Phasmophobia or whatever. Like, nice. Or, um, what we were talking about earlier, which was... Uh, what diva's from uh overwatch overwatch yeah so like you know things like that um let's see oh i'm gonna get personal for a second Uh uh-oh okay um are you dating anyone uh 
no, I've, so I pretty much, not like too, too recently, it's been about a year now, uh, I got out of like a really messy breakup. Gross. So like, yeah, I won't say too much, but, uh, you know, it just wasn't bad and I realized, you know, she's not worth my time. That's uh, fair. It was definitely hard to get over, but, uh, and I'm honestly still healing it was like pretty pretty traumatic on my end and that's fair. you know and i think you know being an anxious person and all these other things like make it worse for me so like i'm a very emotional person i don't like just hook up with people i don't same so like it's very hard um to go back into dating and also i don't want to go into dating right now because if i do i feel like i'm gonna go put all my energy into that mm-hmm. and not focus on what i'm doing especially still being new around here. Right. And also like, I don't want to be in a position where, um, you know, I'm not okay. And then making it their problem in that relationship. Cause that's not fair to them. Like I need to fix myself before I can. All right. We're going to get real else. deep here for a sure. second. So I understand that as a concept. Yeah. But as a human are like any of us ever. Okay. Because we're all going to have our things and our traumas and like none of that's ever going to completely go away. And so when we bring that into somebody else, like I think and I would love to hear your opinion on this and we may completely disagree. But I think when you start any kind of relationship with somebody, whether it's friends, a dating situation, a work situation, acquaintances, whatever. Yeah. It's kind of an unwritten contract that. You're just kind of like, hey, like, you're human. You're going to have things. Yeah. I'm agreeing to take that on, at least in this capacity. And so, like, I'm going through a divorce. I'm sorry. And trying to figure out, like, what my life after divorce is going to look like. And... Like, I know what I don't want, and I know, like, the relationship types that I don't want. But even in, like, the relationships that I do want, how that translates. Right. And so, like, in my head anyway, at least for right now, my rationalization is that, like, once I explain to them, like, hey, you know, I'm divorced, I'm a dad of two, I'm yeah. a musician. Like, this is what my life looks like. Yeah. If at that point they agree that they want to be a part of that in whatever capacity. Yeah. Then, like, that's on them. No, for sure. So, the, I, I say all that to get to if if someone were interested in you, mm-hmm. would you give them a chance to make that decision for themselves? Or would you push them away in thinking like, hey, this isn't the best for you and I think it's better for you not to be involved? Like what maybe not even take you out of it and no, just sure. look at the situation and like what is the morally correct thing to do? Like do you give them the opportunity to deal with you? Yeah. Or do you protect them from that? Well, like you make a really good point because I never really thought of it that way. Um, you know, making like having it like kind of be their problem of getting involved with you mm-hmm. um what i'll say is i'm a super nice person and i 
like not saying that you aren't because obviously you're great that's why i'm here and all uh, that thanks. stuff but like but like clearly you know, i haven't I feel talked like, to my ex-wife yet <laughs> no, i just feel like i'm t- too nice to just be like uh you know oh it's your problem of you getting in on me but like i feel like it's also my problem that they might not know what it would be like for to be in a relationship with me after past trauma even if i do kind of make it clear because right there's different like volumes and different things like i don't know how trustworthy i'll be and that's not fair to them because of what happened the last time which the last time wasn't them they, they had nothing to do with that it's just right. my whole mental health and i wouldn't want anyone to have to be a part of that when like i don't feel comfortable you know if that makes sense yeah absolutely um the reason i went into all of that is like one of the most frustrating things whenever I've been interested in somebody mm-hmm. is like, obviously like I understand, you know, if they don't want a relationship with me, yeah, that's it. Like, yeah. It's over. But I hate when their reasoning or their comeback to me being interested is something to the effect of, Oh, well I messed up and you don't actually want to be with me. It's like, you don't get to make that decision for me. Yeah. Like, if you're choosing not to be with me, that's fine. Yeah. But you can't make my decision to be with you for for me. And so, like, that's that's what that made me think of, and that's the only reason I brought it up. Well, yeah, I feel like... So, like, I would want to make sure that, like, like, if somebody were interested in me, and I was interested in them, but didn't think it was a good idea... Yeah that I would explain that, but inevitably leave it up to them, assuming that I was legitimately interested. Yeah. I just feel like, for me, it's just like, I'm just not ready yet. You and know? that's a thousand percent fine. Because I have been on a couple dates, um, and, you know, I realize, like, it's not the same. It'll never be the same. Right. But, like, it's more like, you still have that feeling where, like, it's like, this isn't it. Yep. This other person's still in my head. And, you know like not even in love with them anymore it's just like they're there yeah and it's because of the traumatic experience where it's like i just know for myself being in certain situations in college where i know that's not fair for someone else yeah and like and i shouldn't be making the decision for them but like i also have to make a decision for myself of not wanting to be in a, and, and in a that, that's kind of what i was getting at yeah. like if 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 you were doing it solely to quote unquote protect them yeah then I would make the argument that that's not really your job. Yeah. No, it's, it's but a, it's if, a no, if, if, if there's, you know, doubts in your mind or yeah. you're not really feeling it or, yeah. you know, wh- whatever plethora of emotions yeah. it could be, then I totally get it. Yeah. But, but like being honest with someone and like actually say like what you've been through, what's going on and like why you're not ready. Plus also why like it wouldn't be fair for them. Like, and if, like, let's say, like, if I didn't say I wasn't ready, mm-hmm. then, like, that whole thing, like, could just mean that I'm not interested. And that's, like, not fair. Right. Because um, people do do that. But, like, that's never usually I f- my intention. I feel like that's the go-to. Like, yeah. if if I ask a girl out yeah. and her comeback is something that is, you know, well, you don't really want to date me. Yeah. I was like, no, you don't really want to date me. You're just putting it on me. <laughs> I just also feel like, too, if, like, a girl, like, just said that, like, you kind of don't want to be with her. Like, I'm I mean, not good for you. Like, I do this stuff. Like, 
that like red flag. Probably. Yeah. But like that's just me. But I mean, and I guess that's totally situational. Yeah. But yeah, yeah you're you're probably right. It probably goes back to what we were talking about earlier in getting yeah. fired from a band for a stupid reason. Yeah. Like if you get fired for a stupid reason, like it wasn't gonna end well anyway. Yeah. So if if their reason for not dating you is a stupid reason, it wasn't gonna end well anyway. Yeah. Just like you, you gotta you gotta get someone who likes you for you and like you know you know, I don't know. Alright, so you're you're super young, so you may not have run into this yet. Yeah. But has being a musician played a negative role in your dating life? Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily played a negative role. I I mean I will say like not even in like dating life, but even just like regular relationships with friends. Mm-hmm. Like playing on Broadway as much as I did, I had less time to hang out with people. And like that was just like not fun because like right. there were a lot of times I wanted to hang with my friends and I just couldn't because I couldn't physically be there. Right. Um, but I feel like you can say that about like any job. Oh, absolutely. Really. So I don't think it really affected me negatively in like it's bad for me because obviously like I wouldn't be doing it if, if it was. Right. But like, you know, I think, you know, sometimes depending on what you're doing, you miss some opportunities that especially if you're playing four hours a gig and you have like two gigs in one day, that's, that's a lot of time yeah. that you could be doing something else and meeting someone else. But also you can say like, Oh, I've got another week, you know, can see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Like that person could be around. You just have to make the effort to like, you know, c- contact those people. Right. Um, which is, which is hard, especially when you're busy and you're tired. You and I mean, that's, anything. that's, that's a problem in any career. Like, I mean, if you're absorbed in your work, then that's obviously taking you away from other activities and other people. So, gotcha. like, uh, that's definitely not an exclusive to our career thing. Yeah. Um, but no, what, what I run into a lot is, like, the obvious negative stereotypes mm-hmm. of musicians. Right. And so I've had several instances with people where, like, they find out I'm a musician and then they're cool with that for like a minute. Mm-hmm. But the follow up of like, so what's your day job or what's your real job yeah. or something like that pops up. And then the second I'd be like, Oh no, like I played music full time. Gotcha. Their interest in my music career becomes a negative. Ah, so it goes from, Oh, that's cool. You play drums to, Oh, so you play drums full time. Yeah. And like the it's whole like, thing's like it's shifts. It's like so unfair for people to think, you know, just because we're musicians, right? Like, like our job isn't as valuable as others. Like, well, and I think it's because to your average person, there's only two levels of music. There's the you're a nobody local band, yeah, or you're Bruno Mars, yeah. And there's like a billion steps in between there that are viable careers. No, absolutely. And I just, I don't think the average person understands that. And because 99.935 of the musicians they meet are just the local guys that aren't ever really going to have a career beyond that because that's who's local. Yeah. And so like when every musician you meet is kind of that, grungy kid that yeah. never grew out of the garage band stage. Yeah. Like 
that's what you kind of classify all of them as. Um, no, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've been very lucky and fortunate to like have family members and, you know, all just being so supportive of what I do and, you know, excited for me, like, you know, moving down to Nashville and Mm -hmm. like even some people who I talk on Broadway, like, you know, I tell them I'm doing this for like a living and they're like, it's good for you. Like, this is so great. Like, uh, keep it up. Like, you know, good luck with your music career and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like, I don't think I've ever really run into someone who's like, Oh, you're not, you know, you don't have a real job. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like sometimes people who are older than me, you know, feel like, Oh, I wish I did this. Like looking back at what I did. So I feel like that's kind of like some of the mentality of people who I talk to that like, aren't like, again, I don't think I've ever heard people be like, Oh, like you don't do this or like, what's your real job? And again, I was thinking, cause because you are young, like it's not like you hear, you know, a 23 year olds, you know, yeah. trying to go on tour or trying you know to sell his music yeah. or whatever like you're like oh awesome he needs to do that yeah. while he's young yeah fast forward 10 years and you're 33 yeah. and you're like oh well i'm a full-time musician yeah like there is definitely an image that people have of that yep and it's not a good one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no like like i've usually like if i meet somebody new and explain that i'm a musician mm-hmm they kind of have that hesitation about them until they see me play. Right. Like once they come to a show and they're like, oh, so like you're a real musician. Right. And it's like, that's what I said. Yeah. Or like my sister, um, we got into a conversation not too long ago about how she thinks I should get, you know, a day job because it's more consistent. Sure. And so I just happened to have been going through all my financial stuff for taxes Right. And so I sent her a big long message. I was like, all right, look, here is why I should not go get <laughs> a quote unquote real job. Yeah. And like it come out to be in like, like I would have had to have worked like twice as many hours right. to get less money with to pay more taxes. with a pay rate <laughs> with a pay rate that's higher than what i would probably get right now anyway right and so it's like because i think i did it based on um a 15 dollar minimum yeah. wage and because i don't have experience in any career other than music really like i'm probably yeah. not going to walk into a 15 dollar minimum wage right and like it was literally going to take almost it was, it was over twice as many hours to make yeah. just enough to survive. Right. Not even like what I made this last year, but just enough to survive. Yeah. <laughs> it's sure. like, all right, so you want me to work three times as much in something I hate doing for way less money. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's all like give and take, you know? Oh, it is. Like, and I mean, like I get the consistency <laughs> factor, yeah. but like that's just planning. Yeah. Like I know that during the winter months, like that's our off season. Yep. So you just plan for that. No, you put absolutely. some money back, make sure you can cover your yep. bills. Yep. And then like, I know in the middle of summer, I'm going to have more work than I can handle. And yeah. so like save money. Yeah. Don't go that's out a lot. Like yeah. don't buy a bunch of junk. Yep. I mean, but that's, that's also like the hard thing about being a musician is cause you kind of have to go out and meet more people. And then <laughs> you do, you know, it's but you don't, like, you don't have to spend a lot of money. That's like, true. Well, it's great that like you don't drink. Cause like whenever I go out, I like have like three and that's right. like $21 right there. No, I was, so, I was literally just thinking that. Cause I was like, well, you don't have to spend a lot of money, but like if you're buying drinks on Broadway, yeah, you don't have a choice. Like, yeah. 
Broadway drinks, like you buy three of those. Oh, it's it's twenty seven, uh-huh. not twenty one, like at like a regular bar. Right. Twenty seven. But yeah, like the Tootsie's gig that I said I played last week. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to get my cart up to the front of the stage, and a guy was walking back, and girlfriend, wife, whatever, was beside him or like kind of in front of him or whatever, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Dude, you just need to calm down," and he was like. Dude, I am calm. I just spent thirty dollars and three fucking drinks. Wow! And like he was furious, and I was like, "Dude, it's Broadway in Nashville. Like, yeah. you gotta kind of expect that. Like, yeah, it's it's a tourist thing. You always pay way too much." No, absolutely. I mean, that's what they, that's what they try to get you to do, anyways, because mm-hmm. people come here and get smashed. Like, oh, yeah. and they're gonna do it. So whether it's nine dollars, whether it's ten dollars, they're gonna they're gonna do it. And and, and so and for me, it's so frustrating genius. because it is not uncommon at all. For somebody to buy the band a round of drinks yeah and i'm just like dude that would have been like 60 bucks in the tip jar yeah like like if 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 the band gets like three rounds in a night like yeah that's so much money yeah, that no, absolutely. like that could have paid a whole bill <laughs> yeah absolutely so i i like i like when i'm with bands yeah. that don't push the buy me a drink thing yeah but I feel like 90% of the people I play with are like, oh, well, buy the band yeah. a drink. No, just tip us. Yeah. Tip us, like, yeah, no, exactly. We'll buy our own drinks later yeah. at a different <laughs> bar that doesn't charge us this much. You know, I never thought of that because also, like, you know, I do drink. So it's, like, mm-hmm. nice every once in a while while you're playing, especially, like, someone who has, like, a fair amount of anxiety. Yeah. Like, sometimes having a drink, like, relaxes me and not having to pay for it when I you know, but like you are paying it. for it technically, because if they would have tipped you that no, money, for sure. then you would have got that you know six seven dollars that you would have spent on that drink potentially. So you are, I get yeah. I never thought of it that way. I kind of just like it was just money that didn't come out of my pocket at the time. Right, it came out of the tip jug that would still give me more money than I would have had. I guess technically. So I I don't know. I, and like if if it's like one or two throughout the four hour night, yeah. Like I don't get frustrated. Yeah. But like. When I look over and the band is like, oh, I can't drink anymore. I'm not okay. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, that would have been yeah. like 200 yeah. bucks in our tip. <laughs> Luckily, I've never gotten to that point, and I never want to. Like, I'll have a couple drinks, and that's about it. Um, but, you know, especially if I have to – since I have to drive myself. Like, yeah. Like, you know, some people, like, live on Broadway, so, like, they can just walk home. I can't do that. Right. I, so I'm just like – Two is pretty much the max. Sometimes if, like, I had, like, a big dinner or something and, like, I had, like, two and I don't feel a thing, I'll be like, okay, I'll, I'll have, like, three or four. But, like, that just depends on... Most of the players I've played with are super responsible. Yeah. And, like, they know their limit. Yeah. And, like, they'll get... They'll get yeah. at their limit. Yeah. But then they'll stop. Yeah. Every now and then, you'll see it and it'll hit them, like, all at once. Yeah. And it's hilarious, but, like, they will have had one or two too many too fast. Yep. And then they'll be just going, and they'll be playing, and then it's just like, whoa. It catches up with you. Oh. Yep. Okay. Now we're drunk. Yep, yep. It catches <laughs> up with you, and, like, that's, like, that's why, like, I don't do hard liquor, because hard liquor is so easy to do that. You take shots, yeah. like, first, like, you know, 10 minutes, you're like, oh, I could do another shot. Oh, I could do another one. Yep. I don't feel a thing. And then, like, later, it's like, whoa. And that, that's that's almost always when it happens is when there's some, like, eager person yeah. in the crowd that keeps buying shots. Yep. And it's like, there's a shot between, like, three songs. Yep. And so it's like, take a shot, play a song. Take a shot, play a song. Take yep. a shot, play a song. Then it hits. Yep. <laughs> and, like, that's why I don't, like 
take shots, especially because, like, when people order shots anyways, they get, like, whiskey. And, like, I don't love whiskey. Mm-hmm. Like, I like it in certain – like, if you, you made it into, like, a whiskey sour, I'll drink it. But, yeah. like, I don't like doing hard liquor because it's it's just – it's too much. I think beer is fine because it's not only alcoholic, but it's filling. And so, like, <laughs> it's kind of, like, makes yourself stop a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, it's not as easy and – as like whiskey or vodka or whatever that you can just shoot and you don't feel it because it's just a shot but it has more alcohol in it that's fair there's also aside from the money in the tip jar part like because i don't drink there's like this little bit of an awkward moment when they're like oh what do you want i'm like oh uh, just a coke Uh and they're like oh you you don't want anything else yeah and i usually go with "Ah, i've got to drive and most of the time that'll satisfy it yeah but like I guess typically when a person doesn't drink, yeah, they have a story behind it or like a reason they don't drink. Gotcha. And I don't. That's fine. Like, and and I mean you say it's fine, and like, I feel like we're on a level where I mean like, I just don't like it, and you're like, okay, cool, don't drink. Yeah, Whatever. like that's like that's what. But it should when be. you get like the half drunk guy that wants to party with you, yeah. and it's like, oh, I don't drink. Well, why not? Yeah, I just don't like it. Well, why not? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because like it never interests me i think it tastes gross and i don't like feelings that i get when i get tipsy yeah. so like it's not for everyone it's not fun and but they don't accept that yeah like that's foreign to them yeah. because i guess it's not normal no for sure like you know i'll have people over all the time and um you know i'll say like hey what do you want to drink and they're like i'm cool with water i was like okay like because like i used to be the person that didn't drink and you know people would have me like try different different things i didn't like the taste right and eventually i just had the right beer and i just liked it and then it was well and i mean see that's the thing like like every now and then i'll drink something or i'll try something or like somebody will order something i'll be like oh that's neat looking let me try that or you know if a beer is in a fun bottle i want to try it like (laughs) that looks neat let me see what that tastes oh yeah well that's still beer (laughs) But yes, but like as in general, like I I don't I legitimately don't remember the last time I drank anything with alcohol. I'm sure I was just tasting it. Mm-hmm. Um, back home, every now and then, somebody would like like we'd go on break, and somebody would buy me a beer and just like hand it to me. Yeah. And so like if I was talking to them, I might sip on it while they're there. Yeah. And then as soon as they walked away, I'd set it down somewhere and just go about my business. Oh wow. So like. Like, I don't have anything, like, it's not like like I was an alcoholic and, like, yeah. I'm recovering or anything to where, like, I can't. Yeah. And because I don't have something like that, right? people want to push it. Yeah. And so and that's It shouldn't annoying. matter. Like, I say it shouldn't, but obviously, like, to people it does. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, why can't you just let people live their life the way they want to live it? Like, right. And there's, there's no... There shouldn't be any judgmental things about that. And, and I, you don't, I don't need to be drunk to have a good time. I don't even think it's a judgmental thing. I legitimately think it's just like a – they – I really think that they think that I'm uncomfortable and they're trying to help. Uh, like that's kind of how it comes across. Like, no, no, I know you're saying you don't want to drink, but like I know you do and I want to make sure you can have that. Right. Like it, they're being super friendly and I feel like they're legitimately just trying to make me have fun. Yeah. And just don't know, especially when they're inebriated already, yeah. that they're being extremely rude and difficult to deal with. Yeah. And it's yeah. But it's a, it's a weird struggle because, I mean, 
like I don't know many people at all that don't drink. I know a lot of people that don't drink a lot. Yeah. But I can't off the top of my head think of anybody that is like me and just doesn't drink. Actually, I know a couple people <laughs> other than you. But you know, right. it it's uh But it's it's not it's not it's not common. normal. Well, actually going back to what we said or the question you asked earlier real quick before we wrap up or whatever. Um you were saying what surprised me here. Mm-hmm. What I didn't think of and I should have said too was that the bands get really drunk here. Oh, like yeah, like like I feel like if I'm at a gig, I'm not like if I really wanted to, I'd have one or two, mm-hmm. but I I don't want it to affect my playing or anything like right. that. Like but people will just go and go and go and go and they won't stop out. That was really new to me. Well, and when I see somebody do that, my initial thought, and this may be super judgy and inaccurate, but my initial thought is they must have been playing here for a long time and just don't care anymore. Yeah. Like, especially if, like, if it's like, if it's an artist I know and I've played with them a bunch and this is the first time it's happened and so I know it's not a normal thing, mm-hmm. fine. But if it's the artist that's like drunk after every show, that's my only thing is like they've been yeah. here too long and they don't care anymore. Yeah. It's, and, it's tough. I mean, again, it's hard. It's taxing on your body. And, it is. You know, if you're doing it for five years nonstop, I can understand. But So obviously being a staple on Broadway is not your end goal for your music career. No. So what what are you wanting to do? What is the idea in your head of where you want your career to be? Um, making a living uh, pretty much having people tell me what to do in a way like pretty much whatever the gig calls for i'll be ready i'll be ready to go and make a living off of it so again whether but like like, what's the gig look like are you are you wanting like the artist gig where you're doing stadium shows are you wanting are you more interested in being like the super proficient studio guy a little bit of both you know like again whatever calls for it because like it's I like doing everything and and like if I could play stadium shows that would be really cool and I'd really love to do that like I obviously at my school I was a performance major right but like I'm also I love studio work too so like if I like was in a big studio like (laughs) you know playing for like the radio Mm -hmm. like and people didn't necessarily knew who I was that's like totally cool with me because that's a lot of fun so so my thing is is like I don't think I'm ever going to make it on that inside circle in the studio mm-hmm. situation to where, like, I'm one of the five drummers in town that get right. all the work. So I want the artist gig. Yeah. Because if I'm known for playing with an artist, yeah, I can get studio work. That's it fair. might not be for Florida Georgia Line, yeah. but it'll be for somebody. And yeah. I can do that out of my home studio once I learn all that. Yeah. <laughs> and no, and that's sure. my thing, because uh, I'm going to call him my friend. We're acquaintances. We have had several conversations. Mm-hmm. But Jim Riley, drummer for Rascal Flats. Right. Um, he's played with Rascal Flats forever. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Rascal Flats isn't a thing right now. And so he's doing recording out of his home studio. Mm-hmm. And he's teaching... And, like, he's doing all this other stuff. And 
not saying he wouldn't have got those gigs without being with, you know, one of the longest running famous country bands in the world. Yeah. But that definitely helped him get them super easy. Right. And that's kind of what I want. Like, I want to play with an artist and perform because that's what I want to do. Right. And then when I can't do that or they're not on tour, I want to be able to do everything else because I have that notoriety. Yeah. Because I don't think, like, as a drummer on my best day, I think I'm okay. And so you put me head-to-head with the guys in town that are on all the big records, and, like, I'm not that good. And sure, by the time I'm their age, I might be that good Mm -hmm. and might be able to take that spot. But there's guys younger than me that are already that good. Yeah. And so instead of fighting for those three or four spots, like, I want to let my personality shine through with an artist. Yeah. And do that gig. And then people ask you and to then, record their stuff. Yeah, then I can throw my name up on Fiverr and get all the money yeah, I want and just sure. record and record and record. No, for sure. I, I so that, that's kind of what I'm doing. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I, I said we were going to wrap up, but like I keep thinking of stuff. No, you're um, good. Keep, so keep as a bass going. player, you suffer from the same situation I'm in. Is like we're side guys. Yeah. Like it is like I feel like as an artist, you have tons of information that you can look up uh-huh. on things that you can do to further your career. No, absolutely. And there's, I mean, there's, if you've ever been on TikTok, there are so many, like, we do artist promotion. This is what you should do. Here's the top three ways to get people to listen to your song. Like, all this other stuff. hashtags and stuff. There's nothing you can Google as a side guy to get information on how to further your career as a side guy. Right. And if you ask, or at least when I ask, like, all the advice I get is, oh, man, just learn everything you can, practice as much as you can, get as good as you can. Which is, I mean, Neat people. <laughs> it's good advice, but yeah. like that doesn't get you the job. No, like, right. When you can look at, you know, somebody's drummer and be like, well, you know, objectively, I'm a better drummer than he is. Yeah. Then that doesn't necessarily mean I get his job. No, for so, sure. So like, what do you do or what are you planning to do or what ideas do you have on how a side guy pushes his career? Um... Wow, you're really hitting me with tough questions. I mean, this is one I legitimately don't know the answer to. I mean, for me, it's, again, just meeting the people that I can, and hopefully they come to some gigs and see me play and be like, hey, I want to play with that guy. Yeah. Um, Or even posting some videos of myself playing on social media, which I don't get a lot because, um, you know, a lot of times when you go to gigs, you want to be in the moment and that's totally fair. And people won't record you or like on Broadway for my thing is people would record me like solo and stuff, Mm -hmm. but then like, that's cool. One, I don't know them and I don't get the video. And two, now people who see that are going to think, Oh, I'm a solo bass player and I can't play bass. Right. And like, that's not it. That was just like a fun thing that I decided to do. And that's not who I am and that's not the player I am. So it's like more like just, if there's any way to get yourself out there, it's just like getting well known, like playing with people and people really like you. And then your name kind of gets around. It's really by chance, honestly. 
So just again, meeting people, being yep. a good person. That, I mean, that's that's really all you can do. That's what I've come up with too. And unfortunately, I don't like that answer. Like yeah. I like being able to plan things and have a path and be like, all right, well, yeah. if you know, like like an artist can be like, well, I'm not getting as many streams on Spotify as I want. Yeah. So let's make a plan to promote it. Right. Well, it's kind of hard to promote yourself in that same kind of fact. Like I can't. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I guess I could throw money behind a video and like. Yeah, but you make it a promotion, but that's not gonna do anything. No, like, that's not gonna hit the people that I need it to hit. Some some people can even look at it and just be like, okay, right? Yeah, like, but so I mean, that's that's one of the things. Like that's one of the reasons I started the podcast. Yeah, because if somebody hears the podcast and I'm talking about music and I, yeah. they know I'm a drummer because I mention mm-hmm. it on the podcast, and then if they look me up on social media and they see the gigs that I'm playing and see who I'm playing with, and maybe they yeah. know somebody and they're like, hey, who's this cat? And or they yeah. think I'm entertaining on the podcast, and they're like, hey, well, I'll give him a try at this gig or yeah. something like that. And I'm also, I keep saying I'm working on a website. Yeah. I have plans to work <laughs> on a website. There you go. I haven't officially started. I've got a couple articles, but I want to I wanna build an informational website around drums and music Sounds and like do, like, product reviews and do, yeah. you know, drum educational things you know maybe exercises uh, even like blog stories from drummers like have them send in their road stories and have cool stuff like that and so i want to i want to make that try to do that so i feel like like establishing myself as an expert in my field Mm -hmm. is the path that i'm like trying to do so that way like if somebody googles me they say that oh well he has a podcast about music. He has a website about music. He teaches music. Yeah. He plays music. This guy probably knows music. Yeah, absolutely. And just just all those layers of, I guess, confidence mm-hmm. that comes with just just my name. Yeah. And because I feel like if you just Googled or got a list of drummers and you have a bunch of random names, mm-hmm. like the one that gets the gig is the one that's going to stand out. Absolutely. And so if, if I can do something to make myself stand out, yeah, then I get the gig. And For then sure. it's just my responsibility to keep the gig. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, that's where I'm at. I don't know if that's the right way to go about it. I don't know if it makes me sound pretentious or egotistical because, like, I'm telling you I'm an expert yeah. at my instrument. <laughs> but Well, yeah, but you should also be proud of that, too. Like, don't sell yourself short. Yeah, but as an artist, that's what we do. <laughs> it's, it's part of the job, honestly. <laughs> I mean, imposter syndrome sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. You know, you don't want to necessarily be the cocky guy that no one wants to call, but you also don't want to be the guy who doesn't, you know, show people what they've got. Right. You know, because it's like, again, it's two-way street. There's mm-hmm. a good balance. Because if you say, oh, no, I'm a good drummer. Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, okay, well, you're full of yourself. Right. But if you say, oh, I'm not really a good drummer, they're going to be like, oh, well, then I'm going to hire this guy because he's yeah. a good drummer. Yeah. And it's like, well, I didn't actually mean I'm not good. I just mean I'm not – never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, you're stuck in the thing. Right. Yeah. So, like, I mean, you do – you. I guess there's, like, that happy medium of, like, you have to have the confidence to be like, nah, man, I can play. Quiet confidence. But That's what it is. also be like <laughs> – but I'm super humble. Like yeah. I'm the best drummer in the room as long as you're in my room. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, again, quiet, quiet confidence. Yeah. It's like, you don't necessarily have to tell people how good you are. You just show it. And that doesn't mean go out and play like 
uh, through the fire and the flames or something like that. <laughs> right. But like, you know, just go out and do your thing. And if they like it, then they like it. If they don't, then they don't. And you know, it, there's nothing really you can do about it because they have the control on whether they hire you or not right. because the, they're the boss. They're their own boss in a way or in boss in general. So, right. That, uh, that reminds me, I, uh, I always used to struggle. Like if my band went and played somewhere for the first time, mm. almost always somebody would ask as we were setting up or something like that. They'd be like, Oh, are you guys good? Yeah. And that's such a hard question to answer. Yeah. But I found the answer. What is it? The answer is, well, we're playing here. Whatever room you're in, that's great. That tells them everything they should know. If you're in a crappy, like, super dive bar that has terrible music, well, we're playing here. Yeah. If you're in, you know, a really nice venue with a nice big stage, well, we're playing here. Yeah. Like, that answers the question. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's great. I never thought of that. I feel like I've said that a lot in this podcast. Is I never thought of that. Well, I mean, it's like I feel like talking to anyone, you get you have a learning oh, yeah. experience. That's so. why I love doing the podcast. Yeah. Like even even like people that I've been friends with from a for a long time that I've had on the podcast or that I've traveled with and had tons of conversations with. Yeah. Like you get on the mic and you're like, oh hey, well I thought about this, and they're like, oh that's cool. Well, what about this? And you're like, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Well. It, learning experience you learn something new every day actually my teacher used to tell me like you never finish anything you never understand anything and that that was my teacher before uh college and that's always stuck with me because like as musicians we're always working on stuff even Mm -hmm. if we think we've perfected it it's like there's always something about it that you can make better and not only that but like you're never really done with it like yeah you can learn a part but you can make it you can make it better each time you can um you can make it more interesting in different places. You're always you're always learning and learning yeah. and learning and learning. You're never like fully understanding what it is necessarily. I mean, you can understand parts of it, but like it's again, it's all a learning process. And oh, even yeah. like conversations with people and you know talking to other musicians, you learn something new, and then it's like, oh, I may try that next time, or like point they point out something that you did that you didn't realize you did, and then you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that, or I should do that next time, or right. whatever. So. No, it's, it's, it is, it is a growing process. Like you're, you're forever adapting and you're forever altering and changing. And, and I mean, you hear stories about that a lot with artists in the studio, how like they just kept revising and revising and worked on the same track for two, three, four years and just couldn't ever call it done. Oh yeah. And I mean, obviously when you're doing work like that, like there has to be a point where you're like, all right, this is finished. We've got to move on. Yeah. But musically, like, uh, I think one of my one of my favorite quotes, and I can't remember who said it at this point in time, but it was always be happy, but never be satisfied. Yeah, and that's great. Like, I feel like that sums up everything as a musician. Yeah, like if if we can, and and that's a problem. Is like I'm typically not happy with where I am musically. Like I want to mm-hmm. be better. I want to be doing bigger things. Right. Like I want to be at the next level. But and I mean that that's been yeah. a theme throughout this whole podcast. It's yeah. talking about like pay attention to what you've done. Like yeah. you've you've succeeded. You're doing great things. Yeah. Don't just focus on where you're not yet. For and, sure. Um, what about you? Any any like super deep quotes that you can think of other than the one well, you just shared? Yeah, I I mean I I say this to myself. I feel like I've come up with it, but I feel like someone said it before. <laughs> but pretty much like, you know, 
perfection is never achievable but strive for perfection and like i guess when i say that it's more like obviously we're all human we're not some Mm -hmm. computer even computers aren't perfect like i i forget i was having this conversation with someone recently and it's like we're human we're we're never going to play everything super perfectly right and we could be like a half beat off or like like there there's something about it that's not fully um uh you know it's it's not ever going to be perfect right can you make it better than what it is absolutely and like you know it's it kind of like what i said a little bit but it, this one is more like being okay with like we're never going to be perfect i feel like that's more of a mental health kind of like mm-hmm. solution rather than just What's saying the... like um i don't remember the movie um that i heard this from but it's this concept of how you can never I think it was framed as in two things could never touch. Yeah. And it was if you have, you know, two objects Mm -hmm. that are whatever distance apart and one object moves halfway there. Yeah. And then half of that distance and then half of that distance and then half of that distance. It technically can never get to the other object because the the distance is infinite. Yep. And so that that's that's what I was visualizing yeah. when you were saying that. It's like you yeah. can never hit perfection, yeah. but you can always get better and more fifty percent closer. Because like I guess when I say the strive for perfection part, it's more like like work your ass off. Yeah. Like not don't just sit there and like you know you can gradually get better, and like you know that happens with me too. Where sometimes I don't work quite as hard because either I'm tired or like you know something happens that mm-hmm. you know we're not expecting and so when i say strive for perfection even though it's not attainable it's just like work your ass off keep pushing keep grinding and keep doing your thing kind of thing right you know rather than feel like oh i'm not perfect i'm not good enough right if that makes sense yeah because once you start feeling defeated like yeah. everything's downhill from yep. there because i mean if you feel like you can't then you won't and I don't just mean that in, like, the overall sense of, like, well, if you don't feel like you can be a successful musician, you won't. It's if you don't feel like you can get better, you won't practice. Yep. If you don't feel like it's going to benefit you, you're not going to look at this article yeah. or pay attention yeah. to this musician or whatever. Like, you'll you'll go down mm-hmm. a hole of just not caring. No, for sure. And... I feel like that's super easy to do. I mean, I've done that tons of times where I've gotten in a bad place where I'm just like, I don't, I don't care right now. Like, yeah. I'm still going to go do the gig and I'm going to play as good as I can, but I'm not going to listen to music outside of the gig. I'm not going to yeah. work on stuff outside of the gig. Like, yeah. I'm going to come home and watch TV. Yeah. And it's really easy to get in that mindset, especially... Well, yeah when something negative happens to the career, even if it has nothing to do with yep. your talent. Like absolutely. if I don't know, randomly a bar shuts down and you lose half your gigs, yeah. which just happened on Broadway to a lot of people. Wow. Like that can hit you emotionally in a way that yeah. makes you feel defeated. Yeah. And you take it out on your drive to get better. Yeah. Even though it had nothing to do with you. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, unfortunately, we can't control a lot of things that happen, but. No, but understanding that solutions. they happen. No, for sure. Like, is. I was I was watching um, Man in the Arena, which is the Tom Brady thing that they're doing on ESPN Plus. And, like, 
what he said and this is why he's like one of my biggest influences is like he said like yeah you could be playing a game and you know you're down by 10 and you've got this amount of time left what are you going to do you're going to sit there and cry about it no we're we're going to try to solve it how do we solve it to get back in the lead how are we going to do this right because if you defeat if you feel defeated you've already lost if you don't try to come back in any way like game's not over until you hit double zero like my music career hopefully is never going to be over until i physically can't play physically can't play or die or something or right god forbid but like i mean we're all going to die one day but like it's it's like one of those things where it's just like this is this is the situation we're in how are we going to fix it not this is the situation I'm in. I'm gonna feel sorry for myself. I'm not gonna work as hard. I'm not. But it can be really easy to fall in that. Oh, it is, and it, it's also easy to go the other route when everything yeah. seems like it's going great to start feeling overconfident. Yep. Too going back to your sports analogy, how many times have you watched a game where the team that won should not have won? No, absolutely. And it's all because the team that lost knew they should win. No, absolutely. And and like you know, another thing Tom Brady says is like. You know, when he was the quarterback for the Patriots, he was like, I was giving it my all every single day, even though, you know, he's obviously proven himself to be the greatest quarterback ever. But, like, the fact that he still had the motivation to make sure he earns that spot as the starting quarterback Mm -hmm. every practice, every time, like, that's, you know, that's, like, something that I want to emulate. It's like... I'm never comfortable in like having a job like, or like having a gig. Cause right. like, I want to make sure every day that I'm the best player for that gig at that time. And that like, that's kind of like what he says is like, I don't, you know, my replacement can just be my backup one day. And they just decide like, especially the Patriots organization who like, they don't care where you're drafted or whatever. They'll get rid of you if you're not doing the job right. Right. It's do your job. Like that whole thing. So, you know, that's kind of like, you know, work your ass off kind of thing i guess sorry so many sports analogies no dude you're good (laughs) i mean i don't know much about sports but i understand analogies so we're good (laughs) (laughs) there you go all right well i think we should probably wrap this up before it becomes a three episode podcast (laughs) for sure um so yeah we'll jump off the mics and then i'll uh let you get your bass out and we'll do some jamming sounds good (laughs) all right man thanks so much for talking with me no thanks for having me are you kidding Thank you guys so much for checking out the podcast. Um, I'm going to try in the future not to do these two-part episodes, but again, once we get talking, things just kind of happen. So uh, check out all my social medias. I'm pretty much Story of Bob or Story of Bob Music on everything. Um, If you have any questions, send questions. If you have any comments or suggestions, please send those. And as always, it's never too late to tip your bartender, and do not forget to tip your band.